0: So, no WrestleMania for me, but I know Spencer, you got a high on the mania
1: this weekend. Well, oh, listen, we got a whole we got a whole night to go, buddy. <laughs> we got it, not you don't just get one, you get two, baby. Along with everyone else schedule. It's like wrestling holy week. The entire is that, week. Is that shirt like uh homage or I guess not homage, but reference to my
0: birthday because I'm a man. I'm 40 now. That's what it is. I don't think it was intentional A Mike Gundy t-shirt so you could remind people that I'm a man. I'm
2: 40. What's up, Alabaster? Hey, how's everyone doing? Good, buddy. Good. Good. Um, So I think that Kim Mulkey accidentally hired the refs from WrestleMania to work the national championship game because We had an all-time women's tournament. Caitlin Clark was largely the story for her back-to-back 40 burgers. Angel Reese took LSU to the title game and played incredible in the national championship game. But it was sort of marred by the officiating. My question to you all, did the refs ruin the Iowa LSU championship game? Absolutely not. So, like, the refs sucked, but the refs suck
0: in college basketball, men's and women's, all the time. But the game was so much fun, and it didn't feel like the refs decided the outcome of the game. Like, the refs were not the reason why Jasmine Carson couldn't miss. The refs were not the reason why I think Angel Reese, who is from my hometown of Randallstown, Maryland, and for some reason left my Terps uh, to transfer to LSU, while she was dominating in the paint. And I didn't think that the refs' calls were, like, completely LSU biased. They were bad on both sides. Like, they missed calls on both sides. So I don't think the refs ruined the game. It was a fun, fun game, especially considering it was a blowout. Like, it's hard to enjoy a blowout, but that that was fun.
1: Yeah, I don't think you can ruin it when LSU's hitting mid-range jumpers with impunity. Like If there's one thing that could have bailed us out from a tiresome discussion of how bad college basketball officiating is across the board, and it is universally bad in the men's and women's game, I shouldn't know an official's name. I shouldn't know what they look like. I should never see them. I should hear a whistle like six to seven times a game, and then we should be politely and merrily on our way. LSU shooting the lights out managed to like divert us from that unfortunate fate. If they hadn't done that, then maybe I would say that they'd done it. It did suck, especially when you're taking stars like Angel Reese and Caitlin Clark off the floor because they're in foul trouble. And especially when you call, like, I'm I'm never a manners guy when it comes to calling things, especially technical fouls in basketball. I never get a proper explanation uh, short of just, like, somebody punching a ref. You never get anything <laughs> that's going to satisfy anyone, even if it's not technically against the books. Because nobody wants that in the game. I am yeah. not here for etiquette to be part of the game. I'm not. Yeah, The technical foul
0: on Caitlin Clark was, I mean, she intentionally kind of tossed the ball behind mm. her out of the way. Like, I don't think it's crazy to give a technical for someone doing something like that. But I do agree, like in that moment, it's a tough thing to do when the game you feel like is within reach to put it a little bit more out of reach. But Angel Reese missed both of the free throws. So it ended up not really having much of an impact on the game. But again, the calls were bad in both directions. I don't think that decided the game. I think the fact that LSU just was really good that night, and and as much as no one really likes Kim Mulkey, it seems except for the people who uh, sign her check, what she's done in LSU in a short period of time is really really impressive, and that uh, not nearly as impressive as that sequin tiger print golden sparkly suit that she had on. That thing was incredible.
1: I couldn't pull it off, but. Looks good on you, Kimberly. My favorite thing: somebody in the tournament coming out of nowhere to have massive game. Jasmine Carson could not miss yeah, in the first crazy. half. Ended up fin- with, finishing with twenty two points, which I, I think her previous career high had been like eleven love that adore that in a tournament format when somebody just goes the hell off and
0: the the heat check you know when you get the heat check and she they put a Mm -hmm. long break between her hitting a bunch of threes and then when she got another chance to the heat check you know how you know you're hot when you bank in a buzzer beater three it's like yeah that's the heat check normally misses the point of the heat check is to miss because you have earned the right honestly like most of the time when you say it's a heat check it's just someone's hit enough shots that they've earned the right. To pull it from any damn where, and she earned that right, and still somehow hit it. It was an incredible shot. I I got chills at a certain moment in that game watching uh, Jasmine go off because it's fun. Like that's, I think, uh, to the degree that I I don't hate uh, college sports fans who don't want to change anything. I can say that those feelings are the ones that they want to protect, and I'm with you on that. But they haven't gone away, despite the fact that we see Aaliyah Boston in commercials in between uh in in between quarters in this finals, like we still have the same like pageantry and fun and there's still people who transfer it out of nowhere and had rough seasons and haven't hit shots just come up big and big moments and young kids getting tested it's fun and i don't know I, I i charlie i've been like kind of advocating for the women's tournament over the men's tournament throughout the course of these playoffs because I actually know some of these players because they've been around long enough for me to get to know them. And it paid off because those players were in the final four and those names and those coaches were there. And it was something to like grab onto. And I love Caitlin Clark as a as a villain. Nothing but, better than a good villain.
1: So speaking of a great villain, you might as well uh, we're talking about teams and coaches. Let's go ahead and get to a little bit of player advocacy. Go ahead. Bring it in here, Caitlin Clark. N-I-L. N-I-L. Guess what deals you have? They're all up. They all start tomorrow. They all renegotiate starting tomorrow. You know who needs to start throwing up some heat checks? Somebody needs to start throwing some checks towards towards Caitlin Clark. That's <laughs> right. Because you know it's what? Okay. It gets cold in Iowa. <laughs> Wouldn't you want to spend your winters maybe someplace else, someplace a little warmer, someplace oh. with several lucrative endorsement deals waiting on you? That's all going to be a discussion that needs to happen at like 12.01 a.m. I hadn't even considered that. I just assumed, mm-hmm. like, she feels like Iowa <laughs> to me.
0: Yeah. Uh, I won't delve into that anymore, so I hadn't considered that she might leave. But, I mean, she is a free agent, and it's not like the WNBA is, like, a big uh, pit of money for her to dive into. This might be her best chance to cash in, depending on how valuable she is to uh, – to uh, to. Uh, I mean, I was going to say to other teams, but it's also like – Players like her are legitimate, like, advertising Mm -hmm. uh, um, centerpieces in a way that she won't be, frankly, in the WNBA. Like, she will not get as much attention in the WNBA as she is going to get in her senior season as a college basketball player. So, yeah, she should enter the portal, do whatever it is you do, and get caked all the way up. And please don't stop being a villain. I I love it. It makes basketball very fun, and it made – Seeing my girl, Angel Reese, tap the ring finger in her face, even more fun.
1: I've been watching wrestling. I'm going to no-sell Alabaster here for just a second, by the way. I've seen some of the people at University of Iowa pays to not score in, in the field of <laughs> University of Iowa athletics. Write a check. Pay up. Oh, I'm sorry. The boosters behind NIL. <laughs> boosters behind NIL. Get, get, get it out. Get the pen. Get the good pen. Start, start signing. What's that so about? if you want to if we want to help her uh
2: pitch to get as much of the bag as possible um she's from Des Moines, Iowa mm-hmm. and Iowa's win over South Carolina in the semifinal was the highest rating of any ESPN televised game since North Carolina Duke in 2008. That Caitlin Clark effect is real and it's mm-hmm. also, you know, her Sweet 16 game is outrating NBA games on ESPN. She is a draw in college basketball, women's college basketball that we have not seen in a long time. And now is the time her market on the open, uh, her value in the open market might never be
1: higher. Interesting. Yeah. And I to mean, be mean, car-
2: Steve Martin was a prop comic too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> also, by the way, uh, respect Caitlin Clark because she does have an NIL deal that she takes no money from and it goes towards an Iowa, it's worth an Iowa food bank. An Iowa Food Bank. So see, she's already done good things. Why don't you just go ahead and give her a couple of the deals? Write yeah. the check. Same goes to every LSU player. You have a good time. Then you remember how much they pay Kim Mulkey for all those shiny jackets. Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah,
0: Kim Mulkey hey, must be uh, swimming in the money because that shiny jacket, that's not a semifinals jacket. Custom. Like it's that. Custom. Yeah, that's a custom jacket that you have hanging in the closet that you paid a few thousand dollars for probably. It's just waiting, waiting for mm-hmm. the for the finals and Good for her getting to wear it. Congratulations to them. I
2: guess we have to talk about the men's final four. Yeah. Do we? Well, no. Only if you guys want to. I mean, the the question on, on this, and we can rip through it, is, do you give San Diego State a shot against UConn? Prediction time. Yeah, I think this will be more fun to talk about after the game actually
0: happens, but I don't mm-hmm. – I'm hesitant to say that no one has a shot, given what we've seen in this year's tournament. But damn, UConn looked really good against a good athletic Miami team. And San Diego State struggled. I felt like they got outplayed in the game that they had against a good athletic Florida um, Atlantic team. So if I had to put my money on someone, I think the deeper, more talented, higher ranked team is probably the team that's going to win the tournament, which is UConn. Uh, and they're more versatile in their offensive, in their ways to attack offensively. I think that they're going to win, but it's a single elimination tournament. This year it's been reinforced more than any other year. So, yeah, I guess they got a chance.
1: Yeah. I mean, UConn is the better team. Also, in terms of the larger conversation you have about UConn, is to say that this is just yet another line on the resume for UConn being like first rank, blue chip, all world college basketball program, one of the few really legitimate claims to that left right yeah. given everything that's changed they've evolved as well as anyone um i think it's also very important for me to say that that's about all i have to say about yukon san diego state uh before i just start talking about wrestlemania again <laughs> yeah i got it i mean hawkins it's right, right he's, here
0: he's a he's a maryland guy too shout out yeah. yeah that's that's all i got charlie check it we'll talk about it after someone actually I'll, I'll check
2: it but predictions i'll give one too does yukon win by more than 10 No, no. I'm going yes. Oh. We'll revisit this on Tuesday. All right. Um, All right. The next one. This is someone who I really wish was in college basketball because he's of that age. But he's not. He's playing for Mets 92 in France. And that is our buddy, Victor Wembenyama. The future of the NBA. We now have a clearer picture of who's going to have the best odds for Big Vic. It's going to be the Pistons. It's going to be the Rockets. It's going to be the Spurs. It's going to be the Hornets. Which of those situations, if he does, if the lottery balls do go that way, is the most intriguing to you? All right. Can I say none
0: of the above? I mean, I guess if you make me choose, there's a chance that he does not go to one of those teams. I'm rooting for somebody outside of that group. But if he does have to go to one of those teams, I guess we could lay it out. So the argument for San Antonio is you get to be with Pop, who, I don't know, is 100 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the organization hasn't been good since Kawhi left and this is not Tim Duncan the, the times have changed. Um, You could go down to Houston which I guess maybe you get excited because it's Hakeem esque and you could pair him with Jalen Green down there maybe but I mean Jalen Green isn't like super superstar status. Uh, Detroit this is the argument for Detroit is it's like it's a historic franchise. Like it feels like if Boston's going to be good, I'd like Detroit to be good. Like the Lakers, Boston, Detroit, the Bulls. These are like teams that I think of when I think of the NBA. It'd be fun. Uh and I guess Cade Cunningham, we'll see what he turns into when he's healthy. You could pair him up with with Cade. Uh and then you got Charlotte. So lamello so i saved charlotte for last because i think that's where i if i had to pick one of these four that's where i want him to go one because it'd be hilarious as soon as jordan sells the team they instantly find someone to build around that's funny and also a healthy lamello ball in um victor i think is something to build around it's it's two pieces of uh a core that could build into something interesting what you got spencer
1: I I really like him with the Rockets for a couple of reasons. One serious, one silly. One, I I just like it when the Rockets are good. All good Rocket teams are cool. Like even the Harden teams that you know we're going to go like two for 37 from three in the playoffs. I just, I like it when Houston's good. Um, so I would go ahead and say them. I think also he's good for Houston because I want a little bit of weight on him, and I really can't think (laughs) of too many better cities in the United States than Houston. The combination of four to five extremely rich cuisines in one city, it's very promising for Victor's future crawl towards a good 230, 235.
0: Yeah, that is fun. I I would like to eat in Houston. That's pretty fun, but the humidity, you're sweating off all the weight immediately as soon as you get off the plane. I I don't know humidity in france i guess dominique you would be
1: the only person to ever sweat off weight in houston (laughs) but i I
0: mean i guess from a basketball standpoint to be fair i I was looking at this from a basketball perspective none of these teams are ready to win tomorrow all of them are going to have to do an overhaul as soon as they get victor but none more than houston because i think the pieces that they have now in kevin porter jr and jalen green are not guys who are Mm -hmm. looking to get the ball to victor they're guys who are looking to solidify themselves as as top-tier options, and that's a hard thing to build around. It reminds me a bit of when LeBron – was that Ricky Davis when LeBron got drafted? Mm-hmm. The Cleveland and Ricky Davis suggested, "Uh, yeah, LeBron, you can fit in around here. No, Ricky around Davis. Ricky
1: Davis. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, sir, Mr. Davis. I respect your confidence. However, when Victor gets there, it's just like when LeBron gets there. We reshape all of this, and if that means you got to go, then – you got to go, which it may mean that for uh, Jalen Green and Kevin Porter Jr.
2: So, interject away. I think we need to take a look at something that we're taping this on Sunday and something that happened today. I have never seen what Victor Wembanyama did today oh, playing for Mets 92. Gosh, this is a three-pointer. He is on the perimeter. He is an alien. And look where he ends up to finish this play. So That's that- impossible. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I did not lead with this. All the words that
0: I said, forget them. Re-edit this and just play mm-hmm. that over and over again. Cause that's all that matters from the, it's not just the fact that he follow up dunked his own three point shot. It's that he's crossing over, going through the legs, step back and pulling a three that looks like it could go in and then falls it. Like that's, I, I spend a lot of my weekends at children's athletic events and there's always one kid that you like, nah like the other ones. He's doing this against adults. You're not supposed to be able to do that against adults.
1: When you can play a two man inside outside game by yourself. (laughs) That's six on five. That's six on five. Every time there was a clip. I don't know if you saw this
0: where people uh, Victor detractors showed some nameless center, just giving. Slim Victor, somebody in the paints and wondering what Embiid and Giannis are going to do to Victor. But yeah, Victor's going to have to grow into to
1: that, but he's going to punish people on the other end of the floor. What was I saying? Houston. Houston, <laughs> you want to grow? You want some actual growth? We can send you to Houston.
2: One of the things is uh, about the Houston of it all that I actually do think is somewhat interesting on a, on a slightly more serious side is they are sort of the most popular international franchise, them and the Spurs. Uh Spurs obviously had Manu and Tony, um, Boris Diao. So they had in, in Tony and Boris, they had some French roots, but also Houston, Yao Ming being a part of that franchise, they were yeah. the most popular franchise in Asia. They have worldwide fans, and putting Vic there actually could be what the NBA is rooting for. I kind of think that. It's like this is the international team for us.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I know about the history of uh like love for the rockets in china but is that does that spread across to other places like is there some hakeem uh love in the african continent for for the rockets because the rockets i'd always thought of them as like yeah the houston team and yes a china team which is not like i know there's a lot of people in china but it doesn't feel like international as much as it's like to a city in a big country which matters i, I guess my point is does a big French dude resonate in China or is it just them being good resonates in China?
1: So if he's cool, brief diversion. I taught uh, English in Taiwan for a year and yes, it would resonate provided he's cool. Whatever is cool, they're going to do. Every single one of my students, when they went out to recess to play basketball, every single one of them's doing the Tim Duncan thing. Every single one I of them doing the like I shuffle, don't. shuffle, hip, bump, hook. Like I don't care about anything else on the rundown. I just want to discuss
0: how you ended up teaching English in Taiwan and all the stories that are connected to it. So I showed
1: up. I showed up. That's it. You just enroll. There's no draft. There's no lottery. Or why? How'd you hear about this? Was this like this is what you do when you see you had skills, so you went you <laughs> took them to a job. I graduated college and I spoke English. That's basically <laughs> it. So I had to go take my degree and go teach English in the middle of like uh you know, a a booming economy where everyone else is getting jobs. They were like, no, you got to go halfway around the world. Oh, well. And every single one of them, every single one of them was either yelling Kobe when they shot, or they were putting up Tim Duncan hook shots. So yes, a player does not have to be from that place in order to resonate. They just got to slap because all they want to do is they want to watch something cool. That's it. It's just like everyone else. That's fair. I also don't want any of these teams to get them because
2: I hate, tanking well (sighs) on that point dominique should more teams have tanked sooner so it wasn't just these teams like hell no but like there are are some things
0: there are some things more important than talented seven foot what is he four super athletic wingmen who can also play center and one of those things is integrity
1: (laughs) i'm gonna go with alabaster and say yes more teams should have tanked (laughs) We're we're, we're in Washington, Uh, D.C.
2: Like We have been on the treadmill of mediocrity for 50 years with the Washington Wizards. I would take a 16-win team to have a 14% chance at Big Vic.
1: Listen, would that have happened? Honestly, do you think the commissioner wouldn't have stepped in if they said, yeah, with with this pick, the Wizards select Wimpenyama. No, 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 no. Got
0: to freeze that envelope, baby. Freeze that envelope. That's right. What are these, balls,
2: lottery balls now? Yep. Run by uh, you know, the very uh, trustworthy institution, Ernst and Young. The oh, NBA hey, lottery. hey, hey, cool it, cool it, cool mm-hmm. it. You don't you're not trying to get a suit. Relax. <laughs> yeah you know what happens
1: when you Run question by the integrity of of uh, elections. <laughs> I'm going to say that again. The very respectable yes. Ernst and Young, uh-huh. who conducts the NBA lottery exactly. with the utmost integrity. Utmost. Utmost. All right guys,
2: uh, more NBA news. We are not going to have a lockout. We're not going to have a a work stoppage. We have a new CBA. Is there any part of the NBA's new CBA that stood out to you? So first of all, that was a fake celebration to me because nothing I like more
0: than a good old-fashioned work stoppage. Mm. um, Oh, love labor strife. Brings me joy. Oh, So sad to see that we're missing a chance at some good old millionaire versus billionaire beef. However, congratulations. Yeah, having a a CBA in place means we will have basketball, which is actually probably not more entertaining. Regular season basketball is not more entertaining than a work stoppage, but they've done some things to try to make it more entertaining, like suggested or given the opportunity for a midseason tournament. That's one thing that pops out that seems interesting to me, where the tournament will count towards the regular season. You can be the championship game We'll add an 83rd game while we're all clamoring for how there are too many games in uh, the NBA. Two teams will play one extra game. But I mean, the tournament in season tournament sounds like a fun idea. They've added also a 65 game limit that you have to get above in order to uh, get postseason accolades and all that sort of stuff, which matters to a lot of guys. And then the thing that I hate the most is angling for parity and finding Mm -hmm. ways to suppress players' wages annoys me because you're finding ways to suppress players' wages, but also, parity sucks. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) Parity sucks. Like, please, tell me the time when you're sitting in a, a bar with your friends and you're talking about the history of basketball where you're like, remember that time when Jordan left and we didn't know who was gonna win? It was awesome. Like we all think about the memories of basketball as dynasties, either dynasties being built, growing, failing, overcoming someone knocking off dynasties. There needs to be a top dog in this sport in particular. I think it's probably better in all sports, but it doesn't really seem to matter in football. We just love football so much. But in basketball, like for such a long season, I need a reason to show up. I watched the most basketball in my life. When the Warriors were trying to break the record, when LeBron went down to Miami. Like, I watched those seasons faithfully because I gave a damn. When Jordan was going after three Pete, number one, and two, those are the most basketball games I watched in my life. So
1: parody. Um, I noticed this one that players will be able to invest in both sports gambling oh, concerns. Yeah. And in cannabis firms, one poses a genuine point of concern for me. (laughs) Just because somebody will say, well, it doesn't mean they're going to gamble. It doesn't. No, no. I just don't like moving the big jug of gasoline closer to the open fire. I don't. And this just puts the two a little bit closer. Well, certainly investment does not mean that they're necessarily going to be. No, I didn't say that either. I'm just saying you're putting those two things closer together. And though the the players could be entirely separate and do this thing with utter integrity. And it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't matter. You're still placing sports gambling that much closer to the actual product. We're basically seeing how little of a firewall you can get away with. And we will find out. Because there will be an industrial accident called a scandal at one point. Like that yeah. will happen and that will damage the central product of some league. Whether it's the NBA, whether it's the NFL, which has, by the way, been quietly cozying up or not so quietly cozying up with two owners as investments in fantasy sports concerns. Yeah, this is just inching those two things closer together. On the upside, everybody can like weed now. Everybody <laughs> can like weed in public, out loud. No pun intended.
0: Yeah, so the... The getting close to gambling companies. So owners have always been able to do that, but I do, there is a difference between owners and players. Mm -hmm. Owners do have some impact on games. And I think your point, or at least the the way I see why this matters is because the perception of impropriety is just as important as Mm -hmm. actual issues when you're talking about this, this type of stuff. So I'm not as concerned about it because I don't have like, I don't gamble on games and I also don't have a team that could be like hurt by this. As long as it doesn't make it less entertaining for me, I could care less. Um, I would care though, if it like impacts like the livelihood of certain players. So I guess that's a reason to, to care, but the investment opportunity that is most interesting, that is hard to talk about. Cause we don't have enough details is the players will be allowed to invest in actual NBA and WNBA teams through a private equity firm that's selected by the Players Association. So we'll see what types. So I mean, all equity stakes are not created equal. We'll see what types of equity is offered to the players. But I think that's a boring conversation. The interesting part of that conversation to me is trying to align the interests of the top players with that of the owners. And so when I was at the NBA Players Association, that was one thing that I learned very quickly that was different from the nfl players association is the top tier players their life experience is probably a lot closer to owners of teams than it is to the rank and file of the players in the union which made it very difficult to coalesce around specific um cba issues so mm-hmm. now we're gonna put them even closer so part of the reason why I, Um, owners want to suppress wages is because it increased their franchise value. Because if you can say that this is the amount that we're going to pay on our biggest cost, which is the labor, and we can put a cap on it, that means the value of your franchise, your franchise will be more profitable, the value is higher. Now you put that incentive, once you give a player, a star player uh, ownership stake, you put that incentive on them also. So it's just a confusing stew of conflicts that i'm happy i can criticize it from here and not try to figure it out from inside there
1: yeah this is this is by the way also a movement towards parody means this cheap owners can celebrate you look a little <laughs> less shameful that's it not that y'all don't do a great job of what you got but yeah. oklahoma city thunder gleeful over this ecstatic
0: <sighs> Yeah, I hate that. That's I mean, yeah. Anything that that makes it easier for people to not spend uh is a bad thing for us watching the games. Like I get the idea that you don't want teams to put themselves in the bankruptcy, but they won't because the league will not go into bankruptcy and they're not it's not like soccer in Europe where these teams are actually independent where like they could deal with some like control on their spending. And here they, they're a franchise, a part of a legal uh, monopoly, and they
1: share revenue. Nobody's going mm-hmm. broke. They're just being cheap. Well, that too. And this, this, is, this Steve Cohen has the entire world shook. Like, I love it when an owner comes in and just decides to spend more money, like, damn the torpedoes, does not care what everyone else thinks because it makes everyone else look broke. Yeah. <laughs> and which, which they are in comparison to somebody like, say, Mets owner Steve Cohen or anyone else. I adore that. So that's the part of the CBA I hate yeah. because I, I'm not I'm agnostic on dynasties. Dynasties can get boring to me. They really can. Um, watching them fall is probably the greatest joy I have in sports because um, I'm cruel like that. But at the same time, I really, really, really hate the idea of limiting someone's ability to build a monster team. Because honestly, I sometimes like watching the monster come out. I like watching. I like watching the Warriors try to set the record. I do, like I I, like to beat them down.
0: I feel like you're arguing against my point, but at the same time arguing for it. It's like the greatest thing about, for you, the greatest thing in sports is watching a dynasty come down. Well, you gotta let it build first. It's gotta get there in the first place. Yeah, and like the idea that every year we wake up and everyone has a chance, uh, yeah. That's the utopian view of what actually happens in America. It's not true in America, and it's not true in our sports. Stop trying to infuse socialism into the wrong part of our society. This isn't where we need socialism, guys. This is not it.
1: Let this be a free market. Do take the moment to notice, though, by the way. Do take a moment to notice the teams that fail even with parity setups. Ah, the true greats. The Jets of the world. (laughs) The Jets who somehow managed to, in the middle of all mediocrity, become even more mediocre than that enforced mediocrity. Well done.
2: So I actually have a, a, this leads to a question that's actually in the NBA right now, which is, Net ratings are closer than they have ever been, which is an indicator that the teams are closer than they've ever been, which is an indicator that we might actually get a good first round of the NBA postseason for the first time in what feels like, um, I don't know, ever. Um, Are you more or less interested in that without a dominant team right now? Because this is a stark
1: change from what we've had over the last decade plus. Spencer? I get caught up in the first round when somebody starts flailing. So I'll be honest, like this is in terms of my attention economy as somebody who is, I would call a high casual NBA watcher, right? Not dedicated, but high casual. I feel like I watch a little bit more than your casual NBA person. And when the playoffs come around, I go to dedicated, but I go to dedicated when I see a like bar fight brewing. That's what you do. Game two, game three, someone's struggling. Someone looks like they're about to get upset. That's when I pay attention. And I don't think I'm outside of the norm. So does this change that dynamic for me? No. Does it give me more chances at it, given a sort of enforced parity? Probably. So yeah, I would argue probably makes it a better first round.
0: I just got stuck on high casual. That feels like a restaurant. Was that like a Papa Do's? Is that like yeah, high casual? you know, that's like a that's like a like a step below like a real elite restaurant, but it's like above. It's a I don't nice know, chain. cheesecake factory. It's like no, above it's cheesecake like, factory.
1: It's like a real nice chain. Right, like yeah. something sort of maybe a degree or two above a PF Chang's. If yeah, we're I talking mean, I, about that, yeah, a carabas. I like, I like that. But I would say,
0: I guess my point is, you should have great teams and put fewer teams in the playoffs. Like, I, I get your point, Alabaster. Yeah, I think you're right. The first round is more interesting this year than it's been in the past because these teams are more closely matched. But I'd rather just not have to watch a boring first round than try to make this and then like have real titans clashing later in the playoffs, healthier and uh, more, I don't know, prepared than to to us like bend our head around watching teams like half the league makes it into the playoffs. That's just mm-hmm. stupid.
1: I don't think. Yeah, I don't think having half. a real interesting first round in any playoff setup is is, is desirable. You don't, you know, you want, maybe want those games because you want the value towards the end, right? When we have the big matchups right.
0: and you want the health and all that stuff. It's just a money grab. That's crazy. 16 teams make it in a 30 team league. Hmm.
2: Yeah. Hmm. All right, guys, we got a couple quotes here for you. Um, first one, it's all about the playoffs. I don't care if I win the MVP or not. I'm just focused on trying to win a championship, and your choices are Nikola Jokic, Kendrick Perkins, Joel Embiid, or Giannis. Kendrick Perkins. Well, I mean, is Perk saying this for someone else? Like, I don't.
0: He's not in the league. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like Jokic doesn't talk very much. You got any insight on this?
1: I'm gonna. So I will cancel A and B. A too obvious. B no longer in the league. C I feel like that. Not colorful enough for a Joel Embiid quote. I'm gonna go D. Yeah, right. gonna go you know, I don't there. care. You oh. um, find. Yeah, I'm yeah. just focused on trying
0: to win a championship. Yeah. You know where you blew mm-hmm. it is because Giannis already has one. It's not a question that people would have asked him. Yeah. It's uh, yeah. well, we blew it. I'm sorry, we're a team. I tried to throw you under the bus.
1: So, I, uh, I, I appreciate you not throwing me under the bus while throwing I, me under the I bus. threw you under, then I pulled you out, and I dove under myself. I'm sorry. Only two, I, only two wheels went over <laughs> the knee. That's fine.
0: I felt, I felt like it was in B, but I trusted you there. I sh- should have known better.
1: Yeah. Also, he cares about all that. Just take whatever that quote says and reverse it. That's how he of actually Of course cares. he does. Yeah. All right, guys. We got one more.
2: Everybody is always basing everything on winning a championship, but that's not all that matters. And your choices, oh man, your choices again: <laughs> Nikola Jokic, Kendrick Perkins, Joel
1: Embiid, or Giannis. All right, it's got to be Kendrick Perkins, right? What is no. what is Kendrick doing there as bait? Let's go yeah, ahead and take. That's let's why I feel like
0: yeah, we got to go ahead and, and bite on KP. All right. No, <laughs> we should have known. They're going for the joke of the obvious contradiction. Ah oh, goodness. Mm. That's interesting. So what does he want? He just likes playing ball. He don't care whether he wins yeah. MVP or he's covering all his bases.
1: He's mm-hmm. just Philly people, please don't yell at me. Please, Philly fans, yeah. please don't yell at me any more than you already do.
0: I hope he comes out and says that it was taken out of context. Both quotes taken out of context. Who are really you
1: going to believe, me or that <laughs> lying tape? What's up, Alabama? So
2: uh, this begs the question, obviously, Joel Embiid really cares about winning the MVP. No one has talked about it more than Joel Embiid. But has he sort of jumped the shark here? Because he's been like the most lovable athlete for like years. But uh, am I, I alone think, in thinking for the last month I don't it's think, been kind of a lot?
0: Yeah, I don't think it's that he's jumped the shark. I think that he needs to move on to the next chapter of his career. He's at that point where it's like, all right, now you need to move on to the next chapter of your career. And that's going to require him to do something, like either win a championship or the MVP, because he's been in this, like, pre-stage for a while, where it's like, he's awesome. First it was, he's not healthy. Then it was, is he going to stay healthy? Is he going to be great? Oh, can he consistently be great? Now it's kind of like, how great are you? You got to win MVP and elevate to the Giannis or at least elevate to the Jokic level or win the MVP and win a championship and elevate to the Giannis level. Until then, now he's just, he's been in the same season of life for too long. <laughs> <laughs> like, go through puberty, please.
1: Career puberty needs to hit. I don't know. Like, it just this just feels like blind luck for him because this is a dude who you'll watch go like, he'll put down like 40, 15, and 10. He'll put down insane double doubles and triple doubles. And yet he's in Philly. And at one point, you go, well, is the problem Philly or is it you? Or is it the combination of the two? Like or that's is it
0: Markel Fultz yeah.
1: and Ben Simmons? That's, that's the thing, is that like, I'm not, this to me doesn't sound any different than what Joel Embiid has always been. I think that Alabaster's just suffering playoff fever. That's it. Yeah, Everything that's becomes it. demented when you're this <laughs> head up over a potentially competitive series of first round games. Eighty-two games, too many. Mm, way too many. Even Alabaster's sick of Joel
0: and
2: Beat. If you can get sick of Joel and Beat, right. There's definitely too many games. That's fair. I, I still love you, Joel. I just, you know, I feel like that scene in forgetting Sarah Marshall, like, doing too much. You're doing too much. Now you're not doing anything at all. It's like, come on, come on, guy. Uh, All right, Spencer, give us some more. So tonight, or I guess it'll be
0: last night when people see this, what would they have seen in WrestleMania? Oh, listen,
1: WrestleMania for night two, the most compelling sports event of the weekend, not involving Caitlin Clark and the LSU Tigers. Uh, I would go ahead and state that WrestleMania, you will have tonight Bianca Belair versus Asuka. You will have seen the two of them absolutely beat the hell out of each other in horrifying but delightful fashion. bodies. You will have seen... Cody Rhodes uh, versus Roman Reigns. This is the headline. I know that name. Deal. Yes, a perfect, a perfect match. Ideal deal. All the smarks. All the smart wrestling fans hate Cody Rhodes. You know what? Too bad. The people love him. The people love him. <laughs> that doesn't matter, nerds. They're going to show out for him anyway. And his tacky neck tat. Additionally, <laughs> you're going to see. Uh, you've already seen my favorite match so far, which was the Usos versus Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. Canada, stay strong. Uh, a beautiful beautiful art form i
0: again alabaster I'm wrestling real you're wrestling showing back. spencer more respect than i than i expected i assume that you would have confettied him and played us off but you must be really into wrestling too I, I'm no not i, I just that.
2: started watching instagram reels while i was on mute and <laughs> forgot for a second <laughs> beautiful beautiful thanks
1: buddy